My name is Michael Shikitano, and this is Right Here, Right Now, a podcast to inspire the learner inside each of us. In a world that is full of so much information, we will help find and package that information so that you can use it in your lives every day in practical ways. And in each episode, we will remind you of the importance of being present and mindful of your daily thoughts, actions, and interactions. It is truly the most vital step to learning and growth, being mindful and present right here, right now, to take on life's challenges and turn them into life's lessons. So come on this venture with us, a new beginning, a new journey that starts right here, right now. Welcome back, people. I am Michael Shikitano, and this is Right Here, Right Now, a brand new podcast where we help to demonstrate to you that being present and practicing mindfulness is the only way to truly learn through the noticing and attention and awareness of being right where your feet are and in this moment embracing the mindset that you have chosen to harness on our journey. And from this learning comes growth where we may begin to develop a true transformation and evolution that lasts and positively impacts others. Today, we're going to talk about how we can approach life maybe a bit differently, taking a better perspective on how we interact and connect and communicate with others. It will at first seem daunting a task, possibly a bit difficult to even imagine as you listen to me, but of course, and as always, I ask that you all come on this journey with an open mind and an open heart with a passionate curiosity. So this philosophy that we'll be talking about of assuming positive intent was introduced to me by author Scott O'Neill in his book, Be Where Your Feet Are. Seven Principles to Keep You Present, Grounded, and Thriving. And this title grabbed me when it was recommended to me by my cousin. The book was incredible. I took away from it some very practical ways to be a better person, right? Have even a little more fun on this journey and noticing some of the simple things that we can do that can help us be more mindful and present in our lives. Some of these include writing out a personal declaration and outlining what Scott calls in his book, what's most important to you. And uh, these documents, it's, it's meant to be sort of a manifesto to live by, things that make up who you are and why you live the way you live or why you are trying to live the way you live, these principles to live by and live up to, right, every day. I think I may read mine on a future episode, some of the work that came out of the practical ways uh, that Scott taught in his book. Uh, sounds like it may make a decent quick hit for our right here, right now listeners. Not really to, you know, bloviate in my own self-worth or anything, but to demonstrate this idea in practice and how it may be of some benefit to some of you. Today, however, I'm going to hone in on one of the more profound and not too easy to implement practices of assuming positive intent, one of those principles he outlines in his book to keep you present, grounded, and thriving, right? And assuming that positive intent in our interactions as we traverse 
the earth on our journey in life. Assuming the best intentions of others may be a profound shift of mindset for some of us. Some of you may be doing this already, and it's a mindset that may help us navigate the world we live in a bit better. It is, I believe, or has the potential to become a life-changing virtue here. Another one of those simple concepts, but one that is not so easily implemented or practiced consistently. Doing this when you're in a good mood, a good place, may certainly be easier. Attempting to do this when you're not in a good mood or a good place, now this is a bit more challenging. However, and maybe perhaps paradoxically, this may be when we need to do it most. And of course, it is most difficult to do at all in these more challenging moments. It's also very difficult for us to do this with particular people in our lives. You know, that one acquaintance or colleague or family member even that tends to be a potential irritant maybe for you. Someone that you often disagree with, maybe in not so subtle ways, assuming positive intent that this person is coming from a place of kindness and generosity may be more challenging in some scenarios, but this practice can be a way for you, yes, you, to live a more healthy and tolerant and easygoing life. One less filled with the fictional storylines we continue to add to that ironically, I believe, adds to our very own misery. So we'll begin our deep dive into living a more open and tolerant version of our lives through assuming the best intentions of the characters in our lives. And we'll do this, we'll help get ourselves started and into the mindset with a quote, of course. And this is from Indra Nooyi. She's a former CEO of Pepsi. And she says, whatever anybody says or does, assume positive intent. You will be amazed at how your whole approach to a person or problem becomes very different. When you assume negative intent, you're angry. And then we continue as we examine how Scott O'Neill primes us in the very beginning of the chapter on assuming positive intent with the following question What would happen if you assumed in every interaction, meetings, phone calls, texts, social media posts, and conversations that the other person was kind, generous, and loving, regardless of any past experience you've had with them. Wow, seems pretty extreme. Some of you are saying seems pretty impossible, right? Some may think it's a rather provocative question or ideal to live by. His summation, quite simply, if we all adopted this approach, at least most of the time, life would be better. And you're all thinking, I would be better if everyone did this, right? Starting with everyone else, of course, maybe things would be better. Maybe this is the challenge here, as it so often is. Starting with our own flaws to work on is obviously what we're in control of. And some of you may be thinking that there are so many others that could stand about of self-improvement. Good. Kindly share this episode and the show with as many people as you can reach right here, right now. And this is why I share these principles that I hold fast and how I practice or attempt to practice these virtues. And for me, I know I struggle with this one. 
not necessarily a new practice, but packaged very nicely in the book. And of course, it hit me at the right time and the right place. Of course, that time is hopefully right here, right now for each of you in the presence of our present moment. So pay attention. You will notice what I mean the more mindful you are and with a more deliberate presence in your life. And again, sitting here behind this microphone, I do not proclaim that I'm able to practice these principles universally in each of my interactions and moments in life, but that is the point. We're all on a journey, and sometimes we slow down, or sometimes we get lost, or sometimes we're blasted down a path we did not expect to be on. But we must stop, pause, being mindful of our actions and interactions and responses, and we look to learn from our missteps. And we must not be too harsh on ourselves. And for this assuming positive intent, maybe ego gets in the way. Maybe we have conditioned our minds with a cautious wait and see approach at the very best or at our worst, going in guns blazing or with defenses up. And maybe we think that it's these approaches are designed to protect us, shield us from any potential harm. And we have habituated this approach in our lives, maybe because there is some perceived comfort in the approach. And then here's a tough pill to swallow. I often ask myself and others that may make the attempt to practice this way of living, a new way of living, any new way, or a more centered and grounded approach to life and letting things go, why? Why does this particular person in this situation deserve the graces of this newfound mentality that I am practicing when they possibly or quite certainly have not offered the same benefit of the doubt approach for anyone in their life, let alone me? And even if this assumption or presumption were true and we could prove it so, here is the answer. Taking this approach assuming positive intent with others, is for your benefit, not theirs. This may help take the ego out of the equation for you, neutralize its effect on you, so to speak. This assume positive intent attitude, it will help you live a more whole and clear and positive life in your approach to challenging people. So much so that difficult circumstances may have a more clear and apparent solution with this approach. It may actually get you and your former perceived adversary to work better together and realize a compounding effect of your efforts. But it is not easy to muster up the energy, the absolute physical stamina and mental fortitude required in some scenarios, right? to stuff the ego away, to practice this. We feel like it is easier to hold that grudge or hang on to the memory of the last situation where this person showed their true colors. And this quandary is just in time for us to exact some sort of justice, the justice that the universe has been waiting to unleash upon thee. But wait a minute, Seriously, I need you to pause and pay close attention here. What if we go back to that last time? If we had assumed positive intent back then and did not make up the story that went along with that struggle of that difficult interaction with this particular person, maybe we can ask ourselves if this person ever deserved this judgment from you. Maybe this perspective that maybe we could have been 
or should have been doing this and offering this latitude to others all along. Maybe this is the key to getting started, to gaining some momentum right here, right now. And before we get to the examples that may help us out, let's quickly go back to why we would want to do this and what it potentially has in store for us and certainly for those we interact with, right? Maybe that there's this sense of, I should have been doing this all along, not again in a resentful way, but in a way that allows us to be more open to this assumed positive intent approach thinking in terms of giving this a chance and realizing or contemplating that all of our connections and interactions and relationships could have been vastly better or different had we practiced this starting long ago. Again, no resentment, just a perspective to give this mindset a shot here, a thought to help jumpstart this notion. Better connections with more authentic conversations that yield way greater and more effective results that everyone feels genuinely heard and valued so that we can live a more meaningful and fulfilled existence with a few other people on this planet? Sounds harmoniously perfect. Hooked yet? So I want to help out with some examples and the practical approach we can take to turn this practice into more of a habit. Now, bear with me here. I'm going to give you a couple of examples, and I'm going to start with an example that is not an easy one for any of us to imagine. You're in the car driving to work, and someone cuts you off as they speed through traffic. Now, you may be the person or once was the person who badly wants to honk the horn, maybe let them know they are number one with a particular hand gesture. You start to get angry and begin to feel lots of your muscles tense up. Definitely picture this, right? When this happens to you next, maybe next week, tomorrow morning, six minutes from now, with all the traffic, especially what we deal with here on Long Island, I want you to try this. First, take a deep breath and smile. Even a forced one, do it. Promise it will help. And here's the tough part. I want you to consider that this person may be on their way to the hospital to say goodbye to a loved one. Maybe they are trying to be on time to work as their babysitter was late again. And if she is late to work again, this one more time, she may lose her job. Or maybe she is so anxious, a driver, fearful of the traffic she is caught in, that her response to the fear is to speed up, pay attention less, and get off the road as soon as possible. Now, I know this is not at all easy. But I absolutely believe that with the effort this takes, a deliberate attempt to see that cutting you off may not be about you, you will see that you will reap the benefit of the doubt given by you to this menace to traffic rules and safety. You will not tense up. You will actually find yourself with an authentic smile eventually. You will not be gripping the steering wheel for the next six miles as you you pull into your parking space. This is the feeling you will soon have after trying this. Or another example, when I was with my boys doing some shopping for back-to-school supplies, the woman walking in front of us on her phone in Target as we were browsing the shelves for school supplies, literally just walking and stopping in front of us as if we were not on the planet. There's a lesson, obviously not just for yourself, in not losing your cool and assuming positive intent here, that maybe she was stunned by some bad news on that call, walking around like a zombie 
after learning of a sick loved one's prognosis. You can make up lots of different stories to assume positive intent here. This is sort of giving them the benefit of the doubt. And the greater lesson, at least in this scenario, was maybe for my boys and letting them know that not getting angry at her was for our benefit as much as hers, if not more so. Even asking this woman nicely to get out of our way at a certain point may have triggered her. If she were indeed getting bad news on the phone, then that ugly reaction from her sparks a more negative one in me, and then the fire's lit, right? Raging out of control before we know it. For what? So we moved on down our list to the next aisle as I pontificated to my boys why that was the best response to that situation for us. And Scott O'Neill tells us the way to approach these scenarios and to give ourselves a better shot with this perspective is to commit yourself to approach others with optimism, respect, and curiosity. So maybe these examples are a little too simplistic for us to consider. Maybe we'll never realize the actual reason for the speeding driver or the rude shopper. Maybe some of you are yelling at your devices listening to me right now. Oh, hell no, that justice was not served. But we cannot just claim that their intent had been positive. I know the example merely attempts to begin with managing what is most difficult in these situations is taking the other person's perspective, which I believe definitely is the most difficult part of this endeavor. But what about our day-to-day interactions we have with our families, friends, colleagues? We often encounter challenging, challenging situations, right, at work or in our personal lives over and over again. When was the last time you went into a conversation completely open-minded, no preconceived notion of how this was going to turn out, no defensive posturing that turns into an onslaught of our daggers and misguided preemptive anger. I'm sitting here saying these things not because I mastered this approach, rather knowing that I struggle with these things consistently. It's why the message in the book gripped me, slowed me down, and made me realize how helpful it could be. I believe that we all are used to taking a skeptical approach to the challenges in our lives. And what we do is that we are completely engrossed in the story, usually the fictional story, right? About how this situation, this conversation will play out before we give anyone a chance. And we behave this way on an instinctual level at this point. It's happening before we ever know that it is happening. This is what may create the problem before we even sit down to have the difficult conversation or the challenging meeting. Everyone enters with a defensive posture, as Scott puts it, and we play into the self-fulfilling prophecy. This is why we should give this a try. This is why you should give it some time to play out. I know it's not easy because we have to put our emotions in check. We have to pause take a few deep breaths, change our mindset. I know some of you are thinking, well, how many times can I approach the same person or situation with this assume positive intent mentality? How often will I do this before I feel like I am becoming a doormat for the rest of the world? These are good questions, people, and I absolutely think that each of us must pay attention, 
and reflect on these thoughts. And I think that every situation and every person you encounter will allow you to make that judgment. This certainly will not be for every situation. And you will be able to parse out when it will work, when it may not have a chance to work, and with whom you can still take this approach with. My plea is this, just give it a try. With nearly anyone in most situations, look for its power in exactly those situations where you think it'd be hopeless. Try it more often than not. Try it with an open mind. And I believe it's something you have to practice. And it's something that we have to get better at before we notice the results, before we expect to see any of these results. And know that it's going to be very difficult to get yourself into this mindset based on your mood, based on your day, based on your energy level, based on so many factors that you carry with you throughout the day from moment to moment. And then factor in all of these things for the other person or persons in the mix, their mood, their day, their energy level, their perception of you, God forbid, and what you brought with your last interaction with them. What could they possibly be assuming for you? And of course, when we are aware of a new thought, some new insight, and we're open and looking for more of life's lessons that will help us on our journey, profound timing allows us to see these connections. And this came to be, once again, when I was preparing for this episode, I came across a powerful passage in another book, and this author writes very similar instructions to us in one tiny paragraph. Clarity and Connection is the book by Jung Pueblo, and he writes, May all of the times that someone has made an incorrect assumption about you activate a new sense of humility and patience in your mind that stops you from doing the same thing to another person in the future. That's what this is all about, right? I think being mindful and present in our exchanges will help get ourselves into a better frame of mind so that we can approach the impediments in our lives with this new mentality. Assuming positive intent has benefits that will make us better people. It has the potential to allow us to have better experiences in our lives. It takes an awful lot of empathy here, right, people? to try to understand what this other person is feeling and how these emotions play into their actions or words. And I do not want you to leave this episode thinking, I must do this all the time, or I'm not a good person, or not living up to some higher moral standing if I am not able to do this. Do not do this to yourself. These virtues of living a better life takes practice, people. Just being mindful of our approach and reflecting on how we could do better next time with this insight will put you on a wondrous path of self-improvement. Remember our growth mindset approach to life here, people? Great example of looking for ways to be better. Take on this challenge to learn and grow and evolve. Isn't this what it is all about? Be present. Be mindful and be better every day, people, right here, right now. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time.
Join us next time, people, on Right Here, Right Now. We have something special for you. A mindfulness intention, a series of moments to help slow us all down, something that was created to help as a practice that we can use to help bring ourselves back into all of the moments of our lives. Paying attention, focusing, and being mindfully present so that we can really experience our life. Brought to you from a wonderfully creative mindset, I hope you use these intentions deliberately. In less than 10 minutes, this practice is an immersion into how you can practice mindfulness and gain some insight into self-improvement. Next week's mindfulness intention is about liberation, setting ourselves free, specifically unleashing the parts of us that may be hidden by our strife or disharmony, and those parts of us that are already embedded within us, parts of us that we need to unchain and unearth so that our best selves can shine to experience the good and overcome the not so good for the service of ourselves, for the service of others. Taking a mindful approach to looking deeply within ourselves, this will help unleash the most authentic and much needed you next up on Right Here, Right Now. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time, right here, right now.